1: Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mother ship? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Like this.
2: Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. The PGP. Thanks for being with us. It has its own iTunes feed, so you can go there and listen to it. There might be some of you that have come over since WFAN.com has been running incessantly our promo ads for this If you're coming here to hate it because you hate how often it's running, I apologize, but hopefully you won't hate it. But at least you've come even for your hate. Hey, I'll I'll take it. And for those that are normal listeners of the show, thanks so much for joining us. And you can always get this as well as part of the DA Show's feed on its own iTunes or on DA on CBS.com. So Moraz joins me now, and um, the story obviously, of the week is flag football and small blocks and young guns. Obviously. It really is, obviously. And I could spend hours on it. I could spend I could do an entire show on it. I really could, because there's so many storylines, but I won't do that to the listeners that aren't in on the joke and that might want actual sports, but I find this fascinating. So let's look at Mr. Six and what happened there because Mr. Six had an 80-yard
0: touchdown catch. Maybe we should just remind everybody, Mr. Six is the man who punched me in the face about four weeks ago in a flag football regular season game, sparked this whole outreach. We had him on the show, and now we meet again in the playoffs.
2: Punch in the face. We talked about it on the show. People started taking sides. Then Mr. Six became kind of a perfect villain. Then we had him come on the show. He showed a very humane side. I started rooting for Mr. Six against you guys. In many ways, flipped the script that made me look like a villain is yeah. outing me as a spitter years ago. Yeah, and then this was his big moment on Sunday morning. I went out there with my buddy Pens. And called the game, and Mr. Six's team was just not good enough around him. Now, you know, I don't want to take unfair shots at guys. I thought, though, the quarterbacking was poor for the most part, wasn't getting Mr. Six the ball in space. D Brown. D Brown. I thought um, the small blocks, as your breakdown and preview had suggested, mentally were willing to point the fingers at one another. And I just didn't think their offense had any flow, didn't feel like they had a real game plan there. So Mr. Six had one ADR touchdown. He also picked off a pass that could have swung the game and nearly picked off another pass at the end of the first half, which was a dangerous decision by you guys. But at the end of the day, it was too much young guns, 24 to 6, and you guys move on. Um, Number one, Mr. Six gets injured. Do you think he'll play again? He has suggested that he could retire because of this injury. Do you think he'll play next year in your flag football league? Yes, he plays.
0: That Yes, he plays. I I still, with him going for the second opinion, I have to be honest. He definitely is hurt. A ruptured Achilles, though, I think he needs to see another doctor if it's a ruptured Achilles because I'm just not buying the ruptured part of it because there is video footage of you guys uh, while you're shooting the game, you show him almost kind of uh, Jake Ballard during Super Bowl 46, trying to run out a bad injury and an Achilles specifically. This isn't an ACL. Where you need to step up. Like you can't even walk. Like there's no walking it off. Like you, it's like you got shot in the leg. There's no putting pressure on it at all. He was able to do that somewhat. I don't think adrenaline could carry him that much. I have a feeling it is not ruptured. It is either severely strained
2: or something like that. Could be a severely strained um, Achilles. I say, what a shame that on his biggest stage and his biggest moment, he gets injured. I mean, that. how do you account for that? Do, do you ever see a guy go down with a knee injury and Achilles and ACL in a flag football game? I've never seen that. Uh,
0: no, in all my years of flag, I, I saw one person stretch it off and one of my teammates back in 2008 tore an ACL, but that was in a divot on a really rough field up in Greenlawn. So I've seen a bad injury before, but it's very rare. Now you get you know bumps and bruises, people with some banged up shoulders and stuff like that. But nothing serious like that, where, I mean, EMTs are there. I jammed a
2: finger last year. It's still not right, or whenever we played. Right, but like like the NHL playoffs, like those things happen. Nobody's healthy this time of year. Yeah, no, we are all banged up. So that was really unbelievable drama that he goes down in a crumple, in a heap, in the middle of the biggest game. It's Mr. Six. He has to be pulled off of the field, and then EMTs come after the game to bring him to the hospital. He goes to the hospital that night. I mean, it was... It was unreal the drama that built you guys end up going on for the victory. I'll take you a little inside the huddle that wasn't brought up in the broadcast and wasn't asked
0: post game. Mm. It wasn't until our third play on the ensuing drive after Mr. Six goes down on the floody ice interception that I had to actually alert the offensive team as we're in the huddle calling plays. Hey, guys, Six is out of the game. It's safety. It wasn't noticed by all seven guys on offense that six wasn't just right back out there on defense. Mm. So we were actually had a lack of awareness, like, hey, we could take a shot here deep. We don't have him ranging over the top.
2: So this this adds to you guys. You guys played a great game, fundamentally very sound. Great offensive line play, smart offensive game planning. Got a good pass rush when you needed it. Uh, you guys were very much helped out by a by a very inaccurate quarterback. I will say that it was just. Had they had a better quarterback and had they had a better offensive game plan, I think they could have gone. I think they could have gone blow for blow with you guys because they had talent. Maybe, but we had better
0: cornerback coverage. I, I mean, agree. I mean, Dub could go step by step with anybody on the outside. The only thing that was a question was we left arguably our slowest corner on six, kind of by design, almost to take everybody else out of the game. Maybe six could have exposed them a little more if
2: other guys were making plays and opening that up. Yeah, if. If his quarterback for the small blocks throws him into space and they're looking to move the chains like you guys did, then you, know, then you have Mr. Six just make – I mean, you, you can't cover Mr. Six because he's that fast. You're never going to be able to totally cover him. If, you're, if you can work him like you guys work your wide receivers very smartly within the 10-yard zone or whatever, you could move the chains all day with Six. It's all about
0: keeping the other offense off the field. And I think yeah. Penn's called it ungodly athleticism for Six. I think that was his quote. I think
2: that's right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if they weren't just trying to chuck it up. They had smooth on one side. They had Six on the other side. They could have moved the chains, but they just – they were going for broke every game, every play. Quarterback was thrown behind Six. You know, that, that wasn't working. So I think they could have matched you, but ultimately you guys were the much better team. At the end of the day, Six – to retweet somebody on Twitter that suggests, would you ever Jeez. consider joining Mraz's Young Guns team to form a super team? And he retweets it with the thinking emoji. Such like a Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant yeah. kind of move by him. So then he comes on Monday, calls the show, we talk about the game, and I ask him. <laughs> Which, by the way, sounded like Victor Cruz on a Monday calling <laughs> Francesca. It's a football Monday. And I ask him that question, and he says he would leave the option open, that there's a 95% chance he wouldn't, but there's a 5% chance he would because he was very impressed with your quarterback and with the Young Gun style of play.
0: Yeah, okay. I mean, I get that. Who would, wouldn't be impressed with our style would, of play? Would you, guys con- would
2: you consider it? Would I, if, if every decision was left up to me and me only, would yes. I consider You're it? You're the sole captain and the GM of the Young Guns in 2018. Mr. Six comes to you and goes, you know what? I asked him, will you only play one way? He said, fine. Can you fit into the offense? He said, fine. You know, he wants to be part of you, and he's going to do what you want. I think
0: you're not planning or building the proper team if you don't consider all options. I would say that. Keep all doors open. Keep all doors open. Now, that being said, there would be several hurdles that would have to clear here. Number one, six, the Achilles. we got to see how the Achilles is because— You'd be a fool uh, to almost take somebody based on past experience if they're coming off a ruptured Achilles, sure. Without seeing how he played yeah. first, you and know, what like I mean? Drew Brees in the shoulder. Right. Exactly. You have to check that out. Number two, uh, the background check. Six. What a lot of people don't realize. Six was released from his past contract, not as a free agent, by NWX, the team that his small blocks beat in round one. He oh, was wow. there. He got revenge on his former team. The first game. This was so he was really on a revenge tour. There has been some unknown reasons why he was released, and I would, before making that move, like to do that research, okay, and find out what that's fair. What about six earned him that release? Yeah. Now I think we know a couple things because I saw him arguing with teammates and stuff. Then you have to ask yourself: Do we have a strong enough locker room to take in a guy like six? Uh-huh, that's where fair. he looks, maybe he looks down at some of his teammates, knows he's better than them, and is barking orders when they're not playing up to his ability. Uh-huh. We have a better team, I think. We have a better locker room. Much like the Patriots, would our locker room be able to absorb a character like that where he knew his role and he couldn't yell at guys like that? Uh, all those things have to be cleared. And then last but not least, I'd have to clear with the other co-captains on the team instead of me just doing this. These are all decisions to be made. And also— I think that's all fair. Also, does six by six saying this, is he trying to send a message to other guys on small blocks, you guys are going to lose me if you don't figure this out? Or, like, is he just using us for, for leverage?
2: You know what I mean? Or does he really have a desire to play for the young guns? I think it's like Roethlisberger suggesting he might retire. He wants to get the attention of his team and, and front office. All questions. Those I think, are all questions. They're all questions. They're all fair. Let me tell you. If you, though, added Mr. Six's playmaking and all those things checked out, and I agree with you, to your team, I don't see who's beating you in Class D. I don't see who's beating you in Class C. I think you beat everybody by 21 points. Uh because your game plan is solid, your quarterback is solid. And we have the line to play. You have know, the line, and now you have some experience, your strong locker room. Mr. Six's playmaking ability, speed, hands, athleticism. Again, you have to make sure he can fit in. He's going to be okay. He's going to be coachable and all that. But, man, you add his talent. You guys would become
0: a super team. We could really be a super team. And uh, I'll leave this door open to the the sudden burst of flag football fans. I know everybody's been buying Young Guns merchandise over there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Nick bagels Gilly, who was a big-time receiver for us down the stretch, will not— Although dropped the touchdown that could have iced it in the end zone. But he did. But everybody had their drops that day, including me. Yeah. He, one player of the week the week before, has really been just a diamond in the rough, 21 years old, runs like the wind. He is going to play baseball and continue his scholarship at a college this coming fall. He will not be a part of the Young Guns in the fall, leaving a vacancy at the wide receiver position. Because there's a fall and spring league. Right, that's where it is. It's fall and spring. It's kind of like, you know, if you're playing the USFL and the NFL. So for or you're, you're playing, like, the Dominican Fall
2: League right. or the Mexican League so, along with the U.S. So we will be
0: moving up a division to see where and we will have a vacancy at the wide receiver position that needs to be filled. Now, mm. we, could, we could go to the local Whoa. streets and sign somebody from our town who might be decent, or we could go to the free agent wire if Mr. Six is available. All I'll say is this. If you're looking at roster fit for roster fit, there will be an opening that fits where Mr. Six plays. So that ah. is interesting. And he... Bagels and our other receivers, Gills and Messina are all kind of the same short basically we call them the same short white guys. We have a bunch of Wes Welkers running around out there. If we could add a big bodied receiver moving up the division, that's a sudden, deep threat. A deep threat who could stretch the field, who's tall. He's six four. Well, suddenly now you're the oh seven Pats with Randy Moss and Wes, correct? Welker. So Correct. If you want to tell me by natural fit, it's there. The question is though. Floody Ice runs a very strict offense. There's not many 50-yard bombs were thrown where Six nope. likes to score on those. Kenny can figure to our offense and just, you know, get open, be a big red zone threat. Lots to go- lot to happen there. <sighs> but could you imagine... So super team, If you're asking for a super team, strictly logistically, we don't have to cut anybody to make room for Mr. Six. Because that question been thrown around. Do you cut Moraz? No, no, no. I'm here. Yeah.
2: There will be an opening on offense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I-, I don't... Look, if the other stuff checks out, I don't see the downside... It makes you guys so devastating because it takes the top off the defense. Mr. Six goes down. You've got to cover him deep. We know Floody can get it down to him. It opens up all the middle for the rest of your guys. right? <sighs> and
0: Man. if the offensive line gives Flood that time, uh, free agency, I'll say this, LIFFL free agency, the Super Bowl is slated for July 2nd. huh. Free agency is set to begin July 9th, uh-huh. exactly a week later at midnight. So the legal tampering, I think it's around July eighth at two p.m. So they give you twelve yeah. hours of legal tampering. Okay. So will we tamper? We're g- if we go to the Super Bowl, there's going to be only a finite period of time to get our research in. Like all those questions, I guess we're going to about five days before the legal tampering period because you want to get ahead of that. You yeah. don't want small blocks yeah. or even NWX looking to take them back. Yeah. If you want that, but it also seems like he may want us, so he may come calling to us. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot mid July here, and when everybody says the sports calendar's dull, and me and people out here are going to talk about that in side B
2: may not be dull because we have some real hot stove LIFFL coming up. Kind of agree, and I'm kind of all in on this. Now, uh, you mentioned earlier the week my broadcast partner, Penz, Mark Penziner, who I went to school with, and we called student radio games together at WAER at Syracuse. I said if he's all in on the show, he listens to the show religiously, and he's like, hey, man, if you're going to do this game, I'll definitely be your color guy. I'm like, cool, we've called games before, let's do it. So we both go out there. I thought for a rookie broadcaster – I mean, this is a guy that hasn't called a game since we graduated in 2001. I thought Penn's had a good day. Good day behind the mic. I would say he had a great day. Great day. He came prepared. He knew his notes.
0: Uh, He was very quick to rattle off names on the Young Guns roster specifically. I think he only had one brain fart early in the game when he forgot one of the team names or something like that. You had to remind
2: him. He forgot that you guys were named the Young Guns.
0: But throughout the day, he was very quick. Uh, He had good nuggets on everybody. And he had a great relationship with the refs when he found out the mercy rule. And you see him bending down with the clipboard underneath his arm in the broadcast in that shot. I thought that was excellent. I think Penns, uh, much like, put it this way, there's going to be a lot of eyes on CBS, on Tony Romo in that first preseason mm-hmm. game he calls because he's already getting the A-team reps. Mm-hmm. Penns, as he mentioned, you already had Tarrico and Costas at the Belmont, so this was Syracuse's B-team calling this game. Yeah. He could get elevated to the A-team real quick with more performances
2: like that. You know, you could see he's got broadcasting chops. Totally. He's done it before. He knew when to get in and get out and he was a master there of not doing too much. He didn't overtalk anything. He gave me my space to call the game. And there's I, no filler with him. Everything was juice. Everything was juice. That's right. There was no filler. And he he made the chart the night before. You know, he's a student of the game. He wants to, you know, he really wanted to do a good broadcast. And I think I think he did and I think he opened up a lot of eyes. I think he did too. If if I could say anything, I would say you might have heard him in the
0: broadcast. I could see that. No, not and not from simple cuz I thought you did excellent play-by-play. I think post-game, you do a great interview with Mr. Six. I think you got to hand the mic to Pens to interview me after the game. I think you each do an interview there. Mm -hmm. I think you were camera hogging in the post-game show. You don't bring Pens in until the third segment of the post-game show with the ambulances behind you. I think you each get an interview there. I think you go with Mr. Six. I think he should have interviewed me, and I think away we go. You know,
2: we didn't know how many people would watch... I thought, though, we would get some interest because of the natural storylines, because our listeners are amazing. They're all in on this type of stuff. And I knew there was going to be interest around your league. I mean, when do you ever get a game broadcast? Right. But I will say, watching the numbers click as we did it, like we did a pregame segment, and Facebook will give you the automatic viewer count there. And, like, I turned off the cameras, and that it said, like, 928 people just watched that. Unbelievable. And I was like, that was only five minutes of a pregame, and already we had 1,000 people locked in. I mean, the totals are, like, 20,000 people watching or whatever um, over the course of the last couple of days since it's been still live on Facebook Live. I thought it was astounding how big it got and how many people are still watching. And you heard stories of people on the beach and, uh, you know, miles away watching one of their family members play, like, yep. all together. Flood was uh
0: Floody Heist. The quarterback came all the way from Montauk. His girlfriend's family had a house out in Montauk. He drove all the way in to make sure he could play. That's a dedicated captain. He drove all the way back. Went to tell his girlfriend and the family they won. They said, oh, no, we know. Great broadcast. Great touchdown you had there late. (laughs) They stuck with it the whole way. They watched the full 60 minutes. They were into it. They stuck with the post-game show. They were hoping for his interview, too. So people were all over the map there. I mean, we're getting listeners in Boise. I mean, up early with with the croissant and the coffee. Digging into the Young Guns football. Really, it was... It was quite a stepping stone for the league, and I think eventually when this league looks down and has a Hall of Fame, you and Penns might be in the broadcaster's wing <laughs> sure. for pioneering the first Facebook Live broadcast of the league.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, we're up for the Ford Frick Award. Right. The Long Island Fleck football. And
0: I've enjoyed, by the way, reading some of the comments, because I've gone back and I've watched, you know, because obviously playing in the game, some of the comments have been hysterical, so much so that there's even random players in the league, like somebody commented, and I had to look this guy up, remember... Good to see the young guns still doing well. Me and my team had a had a rivalry with the guns back in the mid two thousands. I looked at that, and I ran, and I looked back, and I ended up. I asked a couple buddies, and they remembered the guy from this other team. So, like, man, the league was into it. Wow, reminiscing about the mid two
2: thousands young guns. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Almost like the Steelers getting good again with Roethlisberger. <laughs> yeah. It was it was an amazing experience. I had so much fun. I was very impressed by the young guns. You guys played just a whale of a game. I feel franchises come a long way since you were there. It really has in such a short amount of time. Um, and you know, early I'm like, oh boy, this is looking kind of shoddy because we weren't getting the good cell phone reception near the trees on your sideline. Who knew? But then we gotta f- get some Wi-Fi in Hills East. I know. And then I'm thinking, oh my god, we're not going to be able to call the whole game. This is a nightmare. But then we flipped over to the the, the small block sideline, no trees, closer to the parking lot, much better, smooth smooth feed there. Great second half. great! You almost wish there was more drama
0: in there at all. Now, I have to ask before we let you go here on side A, or you let me go here on <laughs> side A, I wonder if the listeners of you have any regret that everybody on both sides ended up being such gentlemen and shaking hands and there was no like real anger or a repeat of the fight we had in the regular season.
2: No, I like that, generally speaking. I love shaking hands at the end of the NHL playoff series. I like that part of it. I didn't expect there to be any of that anyway. Um, I, I, look, if there was a total all out melee, would that have been great, great drama? Yes. What I have liked to call, uh, a, a Hunter Strickland punch? No question about it. But I, I loved every Every part of it. Everybody was great. Everybody in the young guns is great. everybody that I talked to on small blocks was great. I just feel bad for Mr. Six that he couldn't even finish his golden moment in the sun. That was my only regret, but, I mean, there's nothing you could do about it. My other regret was I wish I had a cameraman because me doing the camera and calling it. There were some Blair Witch Project moments there for sure. Yeah, I, you know, and I, it, it both things sacrificed. Both things weren't as good. The, the camera work, you know, suffered. I missed, like, Mr. Six catching the ball on the 80-yard touchdown, and then my play-by-play suffered because I'm worried about catching the play. So I wish I had a camera guy, but, you know... Well, look at it this way. If Mr. Six signs a deal with the Young Guns, and
0: again, I'm speaking clearly as a broadcaster here, not the captain of the Young Guns, so yeah. take, I'm taking that hat off. I think opening day, you guys got to be back out there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say we would call the next round of the playoffs, but it's the morning after my birthday party. I don't think that's probably going to happen. Super
0: Bowl, 4th of July weekend. It's time to check yourself if you're calling a flake football yeah, game weekend. If
2: I tell my girlfriend we can't go out of town for the 4th of July weekend because I've got to call a flag football game, it's not going to go over well. Single DA would have called it. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It would say a lot about my life. It would really be a, a, a very poor,
0: you know. But almost like LeBron coming home to Cleveland. If Mr. Six opened the season in a young gun uniform, I think that's almost must. You got to be there.
2: Well, I'll tell you this. Me and uh, and Pens have had discussions about calling another game. It might not fit in this, this time around, but look, you guys play every fall and spring. The so. flag football
0: league will always be there.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I think there's something there to be said. It was, um, It's worth checking out on Facebook as well, and I feel like I'm going to do a Facebook Live Q&A about all of this as well at some point in time, maybe next week leading up until your, your county championship game.
0: Interesting. Hey, maybe if we win, we do a Young Guns 30 for 30 on the Super Bowl run and we'll start
2: with Mr. Six. <laughs> at least in America's game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, side B with the body baladi now. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
0: All right, welcome into side B of the Permission Granted Podcast. As we hit mid-June here, I am Mraz, the executive producer of the DA Show and host of Side B on the PGP. As we hit mid-June, the NBA Finals are over. The Stanley Cup Final is over. And we hit uh, sports radio abyss. Is that I guess a word? Pete Balati joins me here on Cybe. Uh, Pete, how you doing?
1: I'm well. The the abyss is really February. I think this is more of the sports talk radio lull.
0: Okay, so there's an abyss and there's a lull, and the yes. reason we do this because we like to bring you behind the scenes here uh, on the DA show, and we do permission granted podcast here. So. Like you just said, February comes in the sports radio world, and if you're a listener to the DA show, you know what we're talking about. The Super Bowl ends, and we have kind of this quiet time where the NBA and NHL are playing games, but as we've now learned with the NBA Finals, the NBA games are not meaningful at all at that (laughs) time of year. And you got a little college hoops, and until you really get to March Madness and then that prep for the NFL draft, there isn't much to talk about, but you kind of figure out a way in sports talk, and it kind of passes. I seem to think that time passes by a little quicker to get to March Madness than the time we're about to hit right now which is mid-June through the end of July, which is a good six weeks before, uh, as I like to say, the first, you know, torn ACL uh, in an NFL <laughs> preseason game, which kind of starts to light the phone lines. Pete, is this... You've been in sports radio a long time. Is this... Yeah, I guess you think February is a more dire time in sports radio than now.
1: Well, yeah, coming from the local scene, I feel like uh, baseball is a more localized sport, so I, I always, Well, yeah, localized sports radio right. gets
0: by with baseball right. if you have a good baseball team.
1: Right. Look, I, I think... I think uh, actually February has been prolonged, uh, and and the and the uh, the part of February being so bad has actually taken a step back because the Super Bowl goes into mid-February now. Right. So you, there's not so much uh, room for nothing.
0: Nothing. That's true. When it does bleed in, where it used to just be played in January.
1: Right, right. I, th- I think the summer. I think I don't really associate that with the summer because of the weather. Like we're, a lot of us are taking vacation, See, and that's a the thing. A lot of us are off. Uh, it's it's more of a uh, you know uh, everyone's in short sleeves. We're all here. We're all relaxing. Uh, we're doing our job, but it's a little more like a all right. This is a breather before it really kicks up. Yeah,
0: because football season gets it really kicked up, and I think. You, myself and you discussed this both You and myself if you will <laughs> Is that the summer is almost like that conundrum Like I'm a huge summer guy I'm aquatic animal I enjoy the water Get me in the ocean I live near the beach animal? as you do Yeah I'm an aquatic animal I flop around in the water wow. I live for these three months in the summer Where I can just get soaking wet all right, I love being wet. Right. Just dive in there, salt water all over my face. And just
1: for the record— Belly uh, button full of sand. Just for the record, both of us are dressed like we would be on a beach or play in a poker game. Right, right we're
0: now. wearing like these Tommy Bahama shirts. So <laughs> summer is really hit here in the New York area and where we live in Long Island. So I love that part of it, but from uh, a work part of it, I find it to be the most stressful because whether it's guest ideas or just everyday finding show topic ideas, and that's when the da show, and I think for all of you new listeners who might be new to the PGP, and might be new to the DA show over the last two months or so since we took over the 9 a.m. to noon Eastern spot on CBS Sports Radio. Are going to find out if you haven't figured out how quirky we could be with already, you know, <laughs> televising flag football games or or doing whatever. You're about to find out because as DA likes to say, we empty the playbook. Oh yeah, in the summertime, and we get and we do some real quirky stuff.
1: I think it's more of a chance to be creative too. As much as we don't like baseball uh, on a national level, I think. You have more uh, storylines you can go with instead of just spring training. Good point. And, and I think that that's good there, but it's also a good opportunity to take advantage of the weather and incorporate that into sports and and do some different things.
0: Do some different things and do yeah. so. Hopefully, we have some fun stuff coming up this summer. I know uh, we're in discussions with Wienership. I guess four would would be coming up. Pete, you haven't been a part of one of these. I've seen them. Uh, you've seen them. <laughs> where we? It's basically a hot dog eating contest. Uh, last year. I guess last year we didn't necessarily do it because we had Joey Chestnut in the studio with Matt Stoney, and the whole idea was they were going to create a crazy hot dog. And for those of you who don't know, you could probably look this up, Google it, or go to DA on CBS.com. Matt Stoney and Joey Chestnut came in. It was probably the most awkward moment in DA show history <laughs> that I can't believe we're coming up on a year on where they were told, and they brought you know 50 Nathans hot dogs in. And we were set the whole thing up that yeah they're going to create a crazy hot dog we brought all these crazy toppings in and they come in with the hot dogs and go oh yeah no no, no we can't eat anything we're on a strict diet we're like well that's the whole point of coming in right you know it's like having um, you know Tom Seaver come in and you know he won't toss your ball
1: right this is this is what they call a a misstep by uh, the uh, PR person right who handled that
0: so, so handle that so we didn't get to do wienership last year but that wasn't even it wasn't even supposed to be the contest last year we said well, all right we'll do a little something different I think we learned our lesson and we have to go back to the contest. I don't know necessarily if I will be competing. Pete, you're on a paleo diet, so I ta- think that takes you out on well, eating well, hot dogs. Well, it takes
1: me out of eating buns.
0: So, okay, if you if we could go a bunless contest, you would be in on the dogs or not? I don't know.
1: I have I have some I have some uh, occasional um uh, drop ins with acid reflux. Oh. So, so, so maybe maybe no.
0: So you're like um Let's see, like, a, like an NFL player who all of a sudden the back tightens up in pregame warm-ups. Like, we could plan for you to be there, but that acid reflex kicks in at 9 a.m. Eastern. Yeah, I'm
1: Roger Dorn at third base <laughs> when he uh, had that injury. <laughs> Couldn't play. So there's some question whether... So we're going to figure
0: out exactly what we're doing with the wienership. Um, it, it might strike you guys here as we sit and we're taping this. I believe on June 14th, 2017, we are maybe three weeks away from the 4th of July or something like that.
1: I have a great idea. What's that? Each one of us has a representative... Oh, like we pick our own competitor? We pick your own competitor. Hmm. And it could be a celebrity. It could be whomever to compete in that contest. Wow, Pete. That's Bang. actually
0: not a terrible idea because we've done different things where obviously I ate against staff members. I used to, I've won the wienership way back when. Then we had brought in Badlands Booker to eat against me, and I got destroyed by a real competitive eater. <laughs> and then we had a team of us eating against Badlands Booker, and I think Badlands Booker won, if I remember correctly. He was spitting hot dog buns all over the place. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we've had a lot of those things, and we've had the chicken challenges thrown in, too. So eating contests have kind of been a staple for the lull or uh, right. abyss time of sports right. radio. was chicken contest? Well, the first year, Pete, and uh, for those of you who... Want to know we're referencing if you follow the DA show back at nights, we did Chicken Challenge One, which was it all started. The origin of the Chicken Challenge, if those of you are wondering, was right after the Super Bowl. We hit that February lull time, and heading up the Super Bowl week, McDonald's was advertising, I think it was $4.99 for 50 chicken nuggets. Okay. Oh, okay. So it was like an I, unbelievable I, I, deal. I remember. So story. DA said, could, could anybody eat 50 nuggets for that? And it spiraled into myself. Versus, I think, James Ward and Steve Moralia, who were both on the show at that time. All right, guys, first one to 50 Nuggets, or how many Nuggets you can eat in 10 minutes. I ended up beating 51 Nuggets because I stole one off a plate. I beat Steve Moralia, who also ended up eating 50 Nuggets. And James Ward, who fancied himself as an eater, uh, finished in last. And that sparked people went nuts. And that's when we had Jacob Wilkins come in. He called play-by-play. So when it came time for Chicken Challenge 2, Cleats and Cleavage on Instagram, her name is Ava Fiori, Say that she could clean the bone and eat all these chicken wings. And we said, all right, well, instead of chicken nuggets, we're going to do chicken wings for Chicken Challenge 2. Well, that rolled around, and she kept putting it off, stopped answering emails, the whole deal. And we had promoted the event, and we knew we had to do Chicken Challenge 2. We ended up getting the Gotham City cheerleaders to come in, and we snuck Steve Morelia back in for revenge for year <laughs> two, and we did Chicken Challenge 2 later than usual, around this time last year in June, and that got stirring reviews. So we are due... Because it'll be at least a year now between Chicken Challenge 2 and then the hot dog, you know, thing with Joey Chestnut where we haven't done an eating challenge. That has to come up here in the summer. I
1: think you need to do a, a variety of chickens this time. A variety of chickens? What do, do you mean? Chicken like a, tenders. Like a, do chicken nuggets. What are you, Bubba Gump reading the shrimp? That's right. Do chicken nuggets, chicken wings. What, a certain poundage of chicken? Do like, do, do five of each.
0: Boy, Pete, you are... You are really rifling through here with some ideas. The the, the body baladi is marinating ideas. Yes,
1: I love chicken. If there was a chicken nugget contest, I, chicken. I might get involved. I might get involved.
0: You might get involved. Okay, well now, as I mentioned before, before I let you go, you were on this paleo diet. We've checked in with this before. Yes. Are you feeling
1: okay? Are yes, you- I'm feeling uh, feeling a lot, uh, lot better. I, I did a cleanse a few years ago, which... Up, you know, just clean clean out the toxins in my body. I'm and sure this, that's fun. No, uh, it was great. It was great. This this time, it's more of a diet where you can sustain it after. Okay. So so I'm doing, uh, it's basically meats, fruits, vegetables.
0: Okay, now you came to a surprise party that was thrown for me over the weekend, mm-hmm. which had a ton of pastas, tortellini carbonara, alavaca, A lot of bread. A lot of bread. Uh, my family hooked it up with a big Italian buffet of all sorts and shapes and sizes, and you stuck with eating what? I uh, had the meatballs. Okay. had the chicken. Okay, chicken franchise. has flour on it. I don't it know has, if that's all paleo. It, it, it's, paleo. It's not
1: totally paleo, but it's it's a safer bet.
0: It's a safer bet. So that's what you went with. You just loaded up on balls and the chicken. And the salad. And the salad. And the salad.
1: And I had, I had water.
0: Okay. See, this, this amazes me that you go to a party like this, and you can have the discipline at uh, some kind of event With all this great food To sit there and just go I'm going to have meatballs Chicken and salad Like I could tell you It was my own party And I was on the same Buffet line as you I had no idea There even was a salad Which tells you how fat I am <laughs> And how disgusting I am That I actually block out The look of a salad On a buffet
1: Well the fact The fact that the bread Kicked off the line Really was testing my patience Right I and was making bread, like, but It looked like pizza bread
0: Yeah we had focaccia bread Pizza bread Then with were garlic knots I was making like Garlic knot sliders <laughs> Out of the chicken franchise So it was really slobbish I appreciate you coming To the party that was nice of you. Yes. Uh, good job on my family. I guess I'll tip my cap here on the podcast to them because I did trash them on Trash Tuesday and then trash myself this Tuesday. They did a heck of a job.
1: And I'm going to pat myself on the back, too. The gift I gave you was not a Buffalo Wild Wings card.
0: <laughs> yes, I ended up getting uh, almost $200 worth of gift cards to Buffalo Wild Wings and Cheesecake Factory. So those close to me who are bringing gifts. said, well, what does this fat slob like to eat? And I got a lot of that sprinkled with some Outback Steakhouse. As you can see, the chains were really, uh, yes. really where the family although, went.
1: Although the Wendy's... The Wendy's uh, factor was was on my mind. I was gonna get you Wendy's card too, but I laid, I laid off. That
0: would have been a lot of Asiago Chicken Ranch. <laughs> All right, Pete, I'll let you get going. I know All you got to get out of here. Uh, follow you on Twitter, CBS PDB. You can follow me at Moraz CBS. Thanks everyone for listening to the PGP. Baseball is back.